Good evening, and welcome to A Closer Look. I'm your host, Laurie Hackett, and we're excited to be back again this month for another program. Each month, listeners, as you know, we have the chance to come together and meet the staff and the volunteers who are leading our nonprofit organizations. And with 600 agencies across the Lehigh Valley, there is incredible work that's being done. Each month on this program, we gather together to spend time with the people leading those organizations. And through our conversations, our WDIY listeners have a chance to learn more about the nonprofit organizations, the leadership, and most importantly, how you can get involved. There is such passion, dedication, and collaboration in our community, and we are thrilled that we're able to gather each month and celebrate that. We are excited about tonight's guests, so let's get started. Tonight, our first guest is David Lewis, president of United Way of the Greater Lehigh Valley. Good evening, David, and welcome to A Closer Look. Hi, Lori. How are you? Good, good, good. We're thrilled that you're here to talk about one of my favorite topics, of course, which is United Way. Uh, As listeners, as I mentioned, David is the president of United Way, and United Way touches so many people, certainly in our community and really around the world. David, could you share with our listeners what United Way is, what it does, and why it means so much to so many. Sure. Um, Here in the Lehigh Valley, we have three primary focuses, healthy aging, education, and community stability. So that's really the crux of our work. Um, We do some of our own programming, and of course, we fund about 60 different agencies um, that have programs that support that work uh, on a regular basis. We serve Lehigh, Northampton, and Carbon County. We're one of about 1,100 United Ways across the United States. And as you said, United Way um, is also international. So I think what makes United Way especially unique is, you know, we're local. We're headquartered Mm -hmm. local. We have our own board of directors, of which you are a member. Thank you very much. You know, so I think we can work on the unique needs, you know, that are here in the Valley. Thanks for that. And speaking of unique needs, we've all come through pandemic together. Yes. We're here. Yes. Uh, People are coming back. Agencies, organizations are coming back. Could you talk a little bit about the important role that United Way played during the pandemic to help those most in need and what you see is happening now in community? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Well, the pandemic, we've been using an analogy kind of like a flood. It, it kind of came in like a flood and it, and it just displaced, you know, a lot of people and created a lot of havoc. And we needed to pivot a little bit from our education work and from our healthy aging work and really just focus on some immediate needs that were in community. The biggest, the single biggest really being food insecurity. I mean, there were just people that were losing their jobs. We know we had like a 48% increase in people that were calling our 211 services. Um, which, and what is the 211 service? Yep. 211 is an information and referral service. Mm-hmm. So these were folks that had never accessed programs before. You know, they, they were obviously employed and now they weren't employed and they mm-hmm. found themselves in a really tough situation. So again, we pivoted and, and we met those uh, most pressing needs. And, and that was about, you know, a good 18 months, almost two years. What we're seeing now is the waters recede, is the debris that's been left behind. It's worse than we imagined. Mm -hmm. Um, There are kids that are coming into school that are not ready and have had significant learning loss. There's a 50% increase in housing insecurity, and that's just not adults. I mean, many of those individuals are are children. So, uh, and the food insecurity and, and the housing issue is still way up there. And with all those needs, David, and I know, again, I 
as our listeners know, we have so many agencies in the Valley doing mm-hmm. great things. Tell us how United Way steps in as a leader to meet all of those needs. We have a process we call collective impact. Um, another word for it, you know, you could just say we work in a united fashion, hence a United Way. And um, we bring all of our partners together, corporate partners like Air Products, PPL, Lutron, Just Born, Crayola. Um, and we could, you know, list, you know, about 400 that are involved mm-hmm. in that, as well as the nonprofits that you know that we fund, communities in schools, um, Valley Youth House, American Red Cross, and the list goes on and on. And we bring them all together and, and we look at the issues and we say, you know, how can we address this issue? And, you know, David, as someone who's been involved and with United Way as a volunteer, the way that you can do all of this and meet all of those needs is through your fundraising campaign. And we're about moving into the campaign season. I guess we're in it. Could you talk a little bit about this year's campaign? Well, this year, um, we're, I mean, we've had such a run of great leaders, um, which makes a huge difference because people are inspired by the leadership that we have. And thank you again for chairing last year's uh, record-breaking campaign, Lori. And we're lucky this year, um, Vince and Michelle Sorgi. Vince is president and CEO of PPL. And um, Ashley Russo and and Dr. Joe Russo were chairing this year's campaign, so it took two people to replace <laughs> to replace you. But they are super dynamic, and you know they're out there leading the way. And each year, I know again we face so many needs, but I know each year with the campaign, there's a theme or a an initiative or an incentive that, right. that campaign chairs use. Could you talk a little bit about what's so important this year about the campaign? I, I can. Um, really, the focus this year, again, is on all three of the um, of the strategies that I talked about earlier. But this year, especially because of what we're seeing as the waters recede from the pandemic, we are especially focused on housing. Mm-hmm. And we're thrilled that PPL put up an additional, and let me tell you, they already give very generously. They put up an additional 500000 to match anyone who will make either a new contribution or an increased donation. And that 500000 along with those other gifts, are going to go directly to helping us uh, address the housing crisis. What incredible leadership. You know, we live in a community, as you well know, of collaborators, of people who are willing to step up, to raise their hands and to get involved. And certainly with Vince Sorgi, Ashley Russo, you have that this year. Who else is involved in the campaign, David? I know there are corporate campaigns. What about an individual listener out there? How can they get involved in United Way? Yeah, we have about 20,000 donors. And um, those that do know United Way, many of them give through the workplace. As I said earlier, three to 400, depending on how involved you want to talk about a workplace campaign is. But there's tens of thousands of people that whose companies don't run workplace campaigns. Mm-hmm. And it's easy for them to get involved. They can just go to our website or they can just pick up their phone and they can text house to 40403 and that will go directly um, to our housing initiative. So uh, we try to make giving as easy as possible um, and that's probably the two easiest ways Mm -hmm. to get involved. Thank you and it's so easy again just to text the word house 40403 and you've become a participant and you've helped to solve some of the problems that you're facing. And your money's going to be leveraged it's going to be doubled you know um, through through um, the PPL match the the housing hero. Great. Yep. David, a little bit about you as a, as a leader. You're the president of United Way. How did you first get involved with United Way? Um, I was in graduate school at Rutgers University. I was getting my MSW in um, social work administration. And, you know, we had to get an internship. 
And uh, they had a list of internships and places we could go. And someone said, well, you know, the United Way is a really challenging one. And um, I don't know, I was like a cocky young guy. <laughs> and I said, okay, like, give me the hard one. Sign That's, me up. Sign me up. And at that point, I really knew nothing about United Way. You couldn't go on the internet and just look up, you know, everything that United Ways do. I, it was all pretty new to me. Mm-hmm. But I had a one-year uh, internship at the United Way in um, Camden County, New Jersey. And uh, as they say, the rest is history. I've been with United Way for 35 years. How do you know that you're in the right place? How do you know that you are making a difference and are exactly where you should be? Well, I think it goes back uh, again to college, which is funny because I'm not sure how much I actually learned in college. (laughs) But um, I had a professor my sophomore year. You know, that you, you, you take those tests coming out of high school and they say, you'd be really well suited for social work. Mm-hmm. And um, I went to some classes as a freshman and sophomore and I looked around the room and I was not exactly um, of the same ilk of some of my classmates. They were um, going on to be much needed caseworkers, counselors, therapists. And I didn't quite fit that, but I knew I wanted to make a difference and I knew I wanted to help people. So um, I had a professor that came that said, like, we need leaders like you. We need leaders um, that you, you don't have to be um, a counselor mm-hmm. to be a social worker. And there's a whole piece of social work administration, you know, where we need um, good, talented, inspired, and caring people. So really, uh, Professor Icona Harris um, was the one that said, you know, you should pursue this. And, and I did, and he was right. So, and it's just felt right ever since. Ever since I had the internship, it's like this is where I'm meant to be. Well, your energy, your enthusiasm, your sincerity, you know, certainly is still there. I know we see it every day in community. Thank so, you. Sure, yeah. absolutely. It's easy. It's, you know. When you love what you're doing, it's absolutely. so easy. David, you're also the dad to three young adults. I am. Kids in their 20s with families of their own. What have you seen in your own family or in other young people? Have you seen that same spirit of philanthropy and generosity and community involvement? Yes. What I've seen that's a little bit different maybe than other generations is they want to get involved. They want to volunteer. Mm -hmm. Um, What what I saw, say, early in my career is, you know, if the boss said, hey, maybe you should give to United Way, it's a good thing, and here's the reasons why a lot of people stepped up and got in line. My children would be a little bit more like, show me, you know, Mm -hmm. show me. And Mm -hmm. once you do and once you can talk about really about outcomes Mm -hmm. and the impact that we're having, they're as involved as any. So um, I'm sure you've had other, you know, leaders here in the nonprofit field that have said, you know, the number of donors overall in philanthropy is going down. You know, the number of donations are going up uh, in terms of dollars because the people that give are giving more. Mm -hmm. But the number of people that are giving is going down. And we need to change the way we talk about our work and we need to get people involved and then ask them to give and they will. And that's certainly true with my kids. And following up on that, so if one of your, I really appreciate that you said kids today do say, show me, show me the difference my dollar's making. So is there an example, if you had a group of students or a group of young people with you touring some nonprofits, perhaps touring a community school, what do you think they'd see that would make them understand this is why we're needed to give in our community and to step up? 
Yeah, I'm not sure that they need to see anything special. They just, again, actually just need to see it. Mm -hmm. Um, When, you know, just down the street here, my community school closest to my home is Dunnigan. Mm -hmm. If you take a tour of Dunnigan and you see those kids and you see the impact we're having, frankly, it doesn't take a lot. Right. Like you you see what they're doing and it's it's pretty simple. So I think it's really just a matter of getting out and seeing the programs firsthand. And you mentioned the community school and we've talked last month, we had the principal of Central Elementary with us. Mm. Again, Allentown School District, another amazing community school that partners with City Center. Share a little bit more with our listeners before we close today on community schools, the impact that they're having, because I know community schools matter greatly to United Way. Well, we believe the pathway out of poverty really is through education. Mm-hmm. And we've, you know, so when I say education, people will say, well, how are you involved? You're not, you know, you're not a school district. You're not a teacher. You're not a principal. It's really hard to learn when your belly's not full, when, you know, you don't have shoes, frankly, when you don't have the mental health support that you need, the summer slide that you experience, you know, during during summer break. So what we try to do is just make sure kids are ready to learn when they go into the classroom. And that's what we do through our community schools is just try to give them the supports that they need um, in that regard. And it's just a great partnership with the school districts um, and with the agencies that provide a lot of those programs. Yeah. That's really the concept behind a community school. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. Pretty yeah. straightforward. Exactly. You're here today so that the future is insured and it's positive and optimistic for our young people and for our community. So again, beautiful part of United Way. David, as we close, how can people learn more? Could you remind our listeners again about how they could learn more about United Way? Again, I think the easiest way is to go to our website, unitedwayglv.org. If people want to learn specifically um, about community stability, if they want to learn about education, if they want to learn about healthy aging, they can just go to our website and, and pick the way. There's, again, there's also a way to easily donate, and they can dig into all those strategies. Frankly, they can call. Uh, we get a lot of calls during the course okay. of the week. So different people, you know, different ways, but we try to make communicating really easy and always happy to talk to anyone about, you know, the good work that we're doing. David, thanks. Anything else before we end today? Just thank you for this opportunity. Anyone that is going to make a contribution or, or look us up or volunteer in any way, we have an amazing community, Lori. You know this from serving on the board. Out of the 1,100 United Ways, I'm just so proud to be in the Lehigh Valley. Actually, year over year, over the last 12 years, we are the number one performing United Way per capita in per capita giving year over year, which is incredible. So, um, you know, oftentimes people will talk about what a special place the Lehigh Valley is. We have the data to prove it. Um, and it really is unbelievable how giving people are. So just a huge thank you to you for this opportunity, of course, to Air Products, to WDIY, and, and just to our 20,000 donors for making the Lehigh Valley a great place to live and work. Uh. Thank you. Thank you. We were honored to have you with us. So again, listeners, we were joined today by David Lewis, president of United Way of the Greater Lehigh Valley, and we'll be right back. If you are a golden age folky and love the music of Woody Guthrie, Bob Dylan, Judy Collins, Joan Baez, and the Kingston Trio, WDIY is the place to be on Monday nights. From 7 to 9 p.m. on Folk Classics, all of that great music from the late 1940s to the late 60s will fill the airwaves. And we will welcome your ideas about the artists and songs you'd like to hear. Folk Classics, Mondays from 7 to 9 p.m. right here on WDIY. 
Welcome back to A Closer Look. And for this part of our show, we are so excited to welcome a good friend of mine, a community leader that many of us have worked with. Please, listeners, join me in welcoming Karen Smith, who's the CEO of the Volunteer Center of the Lehigh Valley. Welcome, Karen. Thank you, Laurie. And it's really great to be here today. It's nice to have a conversation with a good friend. Absolutely. You know, we've been doing this show. This is our ninth month that we've been doing this show. So you would be our 18th guest, which is wonderful. And the Volunteer Center touches so many nonprofits. We have over 600 nonprofits in the Lehigh Valley. And your organization is such a treasure. Because of what you do, I know it's been over 35 years that Volunteer Center has been making a real difference. Can you tell our listeners about the Volunteer Center? I would be happy to do that, as you know. So when I start talking, I'm very passionate about it. The Volunteer Center is, just as you said, we are at the center of the nonprofit sector. We wake up every day and we think to ourselves, what can we do to help the nonprofit sector and understand that the work that we do touches every person that those nonprofits serve. So when we think about the Volunteer Center, we're really that connector and that capacity builder that really supports all of the 600 plus or minus nonprofits that are here in our community. And tell us about the work that you do from a wannabe volunteer point of view, from a nonprofit point of view, and perhaps from a corporate or business point of view. How do you work with each of those groups? So our website, first of all, was designed specifically around volunteers And it was designed that we would be able to have the nonprofit organizations put their needs out there. And so anybody in our community that wants to get active and be doing something for the community, they can go to our website as a volunteer. They can look at our calendar. They can reach out to a nonprofit and they can connect. And so we do a lot of convening and connecting for those nonprofits uh, around volunteers coming in. And so from the nonprofit side, it's a much broader base because Mm -hmm. we're really thinking about how do we continue to develop the leaders? How do we develop the organization? How do we make sure that they have access to things that they need? Uh, We do a lot of training work. We do a lot of board development work. We have wish lists on our website. Um, We have opportunities for nonprofit organizations just to come together and learn from each other, kind of that peer-to-peer mindset and talk with each other. We're in that space every day. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, we just actually just came off of a retreat where we spent the day thinking about how can we continue to improve what we're doing for the nonprofit sector and what does that look like from a resource perspective, from more training, from more access. And uh, so more good stuff to come. And then from our corporate partners, like in Air Products, uh, we, we work with them very closely. I mean, we are all about, when you think about one of our signature events, our volunteer challenge, We created that back in 2010, very specifically around bringing corporate people together to do a sustainable project for a nonprofit. And so we used to call it the triple play, you know, because you were there at the beginning. You were there as our chair many, a couple times. And um, we really focused on that to really look at how we can convene and make such an impact And the work that gets done through, like, the challenge, through, like, Day of Caring, uh, we have um, a group from PPL going out next week, 200 volunteers going out, Air Products is going back out. So our opportunity is really to help connect. Mm -hmm. So we kind of reach out to the nonprofits, figure out what the corporate people want to do, find out what that looks like, help to organize, and help to mobilize. 
You do so much, and you said it. You're such a resource, you know, from so many perspectives. Karen, you mentioned the challenge. Could you tell our listeners a little bit more about the volunteer challenge? Absolutely. So it started in 2010. We had six companies that participated, and it really has become sort of a competition to itself, but it's also become one of those really important team-building opportunities for our business partners. So six teams back in 2010, right at the height, right before the pandemic, we had 42 teams signed up to participate. And so we have been continuing to do that work where we will reach out to nonprofits, get them to think a little bit like outside of the box, like a nice to have project that they may not have been thinking about. So we've done starting from air products with Roosevelt back with the whole uh, recycling program, putting a recycling program in to a lot of uh, like what we would call quiet and calming rooms in schools and at nonprofits, redoing pantries, redoing all kinds of activity for each of the nonprofits. So a business, a larger small business is matched with a nonprofit and together they work on the project. That's correct. That's correct. And I know there's a big culminating event and oh, listeners, if you haven't participated participate. I really recommend it. It happens each spring, but it's just such a celebration of the collaboration that's happening in our community today and every day. I remember one of the first, uh, we used to do it at Coca-Cola Park and Mm -hmm. we seriously outgrew that very quickly. Mm -hmm. So we've been over at ArtsQuest and each of the teams with their nonprofit partner set up their table, put kind of a display to show people the work that they're doing. And the people come through that are either on other teams or just our guests that show up for the event. And they are blown away. And we, I remember one time early on, uh, Lori Reinert was literally crying at Coca-Cola Park. And I said, what's the matter? And she said, I just can't believe how much gets done through the challenge. So when you think about it, it's our biggest fundraiser. So it's Mm -hmm. most, it's important to us from a fundraising. But when you look at the work and you talk to the nonprofits and you talk to the teams, so many of these teams have been going back to that nonprofit since day one. And they continue to provide service to them. Wonderful. Karen, there's a term called skills-based volunteering. Could you share a little bit about what that is and what it means? Sure. So this is something that's been around for a long time and through COVID really came to the forefront for the Volunteer Center to be thinking about how do we mobilize our corporate partners to support nonprofits and for them to be able to do it virtually and in a way that is really rewarding for both ends. Mm -hmm. So when you think about a skills-based volunteer, it could be something to do with marketing, it could be finance, it could be human resources, uh, could be just organizing policy manuals, things like that. So we um, launched our platform last year on our website. And again, we've done a couple pilots working with some of our corporate partners to match 10 employees with 10 nonprofits. And it's been, for us, it's Part of the um, opportunity is to really educate the nonprofits in thinking differently about Mm -hmm. this and what the value is that comes to them. And so we've tested it for the Volunteer Center. We've used multiple skills-based volunteering and have had tremendous success in doing that. Wonderful. And Karen, from where you sit, from your perspective, is there still a spirit of volunteerism in the Lehigh Valley? Yes, absolutely. And I think people even more want to figure out how to give back. Mm-hmm. And it's it's different trends. You can read stats and trends as far as what happened through COVID and who's coming back. People really want to get out and participate mm-hmm. and to be able to do something either individually, as a family unit, as a team from an organization. It's Volunteering is here to stay. Great. 
And Karen, you as the leader, you are the CEO of the Volunteer Center of the Lehigh Valley. What inspires you personally about this work? Everything. <laughs> Short answer. I, you know, I think about it and I think about my journey to the Volunteer Center back in, I was on the board initially in okay. 2009. And I was very intentional because I had worked with similar organizations when I lived in D.C. and volunteering. So I kind of sought out the Volunteer Center and um, spent time on the board and decided one day as I was driving home that it was time to come onto the staff because everything that we do is at the core of who I am. Mm -hmm. Connecting people, bringing people together, being able to do good in the community. We have a tremendous team. Our staff is amazing. Uh, everybody, we all love our mission. It's mm -hmm. like, you know, we've talked about that before. It's kind of like that coveted job, right? Absolutely. So it's a place to be, and it's who I am. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just a quick story on my side. When I first moved to the Lehigh Valley, I was working at Lehigh University, and I was driving around one day, and I saw a bulletin board that said, do you want to volunteer? Call the Volunteer Center. I called. And my first volunteer gig was judging potatoes for the 4-H. I didn't know a hook about potatoes, but I didn't know anybody here. And I wanted to sign up and I wanted to get to know people. And that began my entire journey of volunteering and doing community work, all because of the billboard and the volunteer center and potato judging. So if you need any potatoes judged, just... We will call you. I'm your girl. Yep. So, great. I don't think we've seen that opportunity lately. Okay. We'll have to reach out to them and find out if they still need volunteers. <laughs> they probably stopped asking for volunteers after I came along. So. Karen, in thinking about your career and your work and your leadership now with the Volunteer Center, is there someone that made a difference for you in your life, in your career? Wow. Um, I would say it's more, it wasn't in my career, but it was really in my family and mm -hmm. in understanding, like we as a family always did things. So really my father was, you know, when people ask me who's my hero or it would always be my father. And, you know, part of it was instilling hard work, being intentional of giving back to the community mm -hmm. and being together. So that's, you know, that's really when I think about that. And what do you see in our earlier segment, we talked with David Lewis of United Way, and we talked about young leaders and the spirit of philanthropy that we're seeing in the next generation of leaders. What are you seeing in your work? So one of the things that we're seeing is that generation very specifically wants to get out and be involved. Great. And they are trying to figure out how to do that. Some of them are navigating families and jobs and trying to figure mm -hmm. that out. So that's why it's an opportunity for us to really meet them where they are. Mm -hmm. And that's sort of what we're gifted at doing, trying to figure out how to make that happen. And when we talk about the challenge, when we talk about some of our other programming, we see a lot of that generation coming through. And really, that's kind of when you talk about the spirit, we see a lot of that spirit coming through mm -hmm. as far as those younger people getting out and getting involved. And collaboration is a great gift in our Lehigh Valley. Karen, in your role as leader of the Volunteer Center, how do you feel about the collaboration that's happening in our community? I tell people all the time, it is amazing. Like I worked, my, my corporate career was in D.C., People didn't connect, didn't collaborate. There was never a coming together of nonprofits and businesses that I ever experienced. And even when I worked in Philly, it was just barely scratching the surface there. And so when I come here into this community, I am always, I am blown away. 
like going to, I just left the nonprofit business council partner board meeting this morning and talking about collaboration and kind of what's happening there. I think about how people here come together Mm -hmm. and they really rally Mm-hmm. for the community. I've never seen it anything like this before. And you know, I sit in this seat and I hear every month from nonprofit partners who say that same thing. Like it's amazing. Like if I need something, I can reach out and collaborate and work together with others. When you think about collaboration, when I think about kind of what who the volunteer center is, mm-hmm. And even through COVID, we we have the ability to pick up the phone and call any nonprofit. And they respond to us because they know that we're trying to do something that's going to help them. Mm -hmm. And the same is true for the volunteers, for our corporate partners. We're just here to connect and to make a difference. Mm -hmm. And what's better than that? Right. Exactly. I know, speaking from a corporate perspective, we love the opportunity that we have to work with you as a resource, as an expert in this area. Karen, as our time together draws to a close, how can our community support or get involved with the Volunteer Center? I think the first step is really just reaching out to volunteer. Like if you're not volunteering, you need to reach out to us. We have the active website, which is volunteerlv.org. And we also, our phones are manned every day, weekday. Sandy in our office fields calls every day for people looking to get involved. So no matter if it's just like one little opportunity to connect and to do something, put your foot out there. Let's get started. Let's get you out there. Uh, we talked about getting little um, bumper stickers that, you know, say, got time, volunteer. You know, make sure that people really know that the opportunity is very easy and mm-hmm. it, the reward is significant. Mm-hmm. And people can volunteer at organizations that allow align with their own values. So they can choose a place. For me, it was potatoes. (laughs) But they can choose something that that aligns with their family and what's important to them. Well, I also think, too, the other thing that's really important is, you know, you talked about different generations. We're very focused on our youth and our high school students and bringing people together. Mm -hmm. And so we have been very intentional with our youth council, which Mm -hmm. is going on its fourth year of growing that and uh, have full-time staff dedicated to making sure that happens. And just to see, when you see high school students doing service projects, it'll just really make you feel good. Great. Karen, thank you. We Our time is over, unfortunately, but thanks for being with us and allowing us to pause and really appreciate and understand and celebrate the great work of the Volunteer Center. Thank you for having me. Sure. So listeners, we were joined by Karen Smith, CEO of the Volunteer Center. Thank you listeners for joining us again this month on A Closer Look. Remember that you can find past episodes of A Closer Look and other public affairs programming at WDIY.org and on all major podcast platforms. Be sure and tune in next Monday for more WDIY programming where you have many choices and hear real voices. And we look forward to seeing you next time on A Closer Look. (music) 